Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Just as he had the Jews, they were special, they were a holy people. Now you, the church, are a special and holy people. Special and holy people, a people separated, a people sanctified, a people consecrated, set apart from the world. Will you allow yourself to be separate from the world? If we live in the world, it's so easy. We, we see it uh, just getting a hold of us. And if we're not careful, we, we find ourselves delighting in those things. We start to think like the world. And then we start doing the things of the world. God wants to make you holy. How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. Today on Truth in Christ Radio, because of Christ's sacrifice, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. As Pastor Rob continues in 1 Peter chapter 2, we understand that God had proclaimed in the Old Testament that the nation of Israel was his chosen people and made his covenant with them. They were to be used to fulfill the mission of proclaiming his truth among all nations of the world. And here is where Peter tells us how God has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Those that believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior are God's chosen people. Let's join Pastor Rob with today's study. That's what we are, but the fact of the matter is, you and I, because we are not opposed to them, I mean, we may be opposed to policies, but the Bible says that we should submit to them Unless they say you can't worship God, then we go underground, right? But we obey the laws of the land. We don't fight against the government that God put, put it, he allowed to be in place. It's kind of different, isn't it? Our warfare is not physical. It's spiritual. Isn't that what Paul said in Ephesians? Our weapons aren't carnal. For if they were carnal, there'd be nothing left. Because Jesus, even while he was on the cross, he said... Believe me, if I wanted to come off this cross, I could. I could right now summon a legion of angels. I could speak every one of these men, this cross that I'm, I'm, I'm nailed to, I could speak it out of existence. The very materials that it's made of would disintegrate, and I would fall happily to the ground, and angels would let me down nicely. That could have happened. But he willingly went to the cross for you and me. So Peter says, This Jesus that you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. It's because of him. And this, notice, is the stone. Jesus Christ, he is the stone which you, which was rejected by you builders. He's putting an emphasis on you builders. You were supposed to be building, and instead you were just doing it over your own selfish interests. You were money makers. You were jealous of the power that Christ had. Jesus was bad for business. He says, but you builders, you rejected him. 
and he has become the chief cornerstone, and how frustrating that was, and they were just like ready to tear him to pieces. (laughs) Sometimes the truth is like that. He says, nor, Peter says to them, nor is there any salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We must be saved. Therefore, verse 7, we're back in 1 Peter now. To you who believe, he is precious, but to those who are disobedient or unbelieving, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. And again, we were talking about the frustration of those who fight against God. You know, aren't you glad you're no longer in a battle against God? I don't know about you, but I, I'm willing to relent. I'm willing to surrender as often as I can. When I feel like I'm, I'm hitting a wall and I'm trying to push through that wall in my own self-effort, and my own self-determination, I've got to back up and say, Lord, am I wrestling against you? Am I trying to get through something that you have said, you can't go here? Remember when Paul wanted to go to Asia and the Holy Spirit forbade him? God had a reason and a plan for that. He said, don't worry, Paul. Not for you today. But Lord, but Lord, I'm going to go through it. Okay. See you on the gurney. <laughs> right? We can resist him. But don't resist God. When you feel like you're, you're, trying, you're, you feel like you're fighting against him, be quick to surrender. Kiss the son lest he be angry when his wrath is kindled but a little. Right? Obviously, we don't have to kiss him in the sense of appeasing him. You already have the favor of God if you're a child of God. You don't need to... Um, manipulate him. He can't be manipulated. He loves you. So come to him as a son, as a daughter, and say, Lord, I've resisted you. I want to surrender. I want to give it up. And you know, that was the most wonderful day in my life when I finally gave my everything up, just gave it up. Was it the best day for you? Do you recall those days? Sometimes I think we need to go back and think about those days again. And say, Lord, what have I brought on myself now that I'm a believer? Have I added those things back in now that I'm more mature in the, in the Lord? Right? Sometimes we do that. Sometimes I, I can get a little too big for my britches. And the Lord's going, I love you. you still got some lessons to learn. Do you have lessons to learn? Are you willing to be taught those lessons? Because it comes from a hand of a loving God. But in the end, there are people that will resist the Lord. In Revelation chapter 16, at the end of the great tribulation period, it says in Revelation 16 verse 21, it says, And great hail from heaven fell upon them, each hailstone about the weight of a talent, and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail, since that plague was exceedingly great. They're always going to be shaking their fist at God. Don't shake your fist. Use those hands to raise your hands and surrender and worship to him. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. goes all the way back to Isaiah again. Isaiah, 700 years before Christ, it says, The Lord of hosts, him you shall hallow. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. He will be as a sanctuary, but a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses to both the houses of Israel, as a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many among them shall stumble, and they shall fall and be broken and be snared and taken. What an awful thing! What an awful thing to resist the Lord. But He is a stone of stumbling; He's a rock of offense. You remember when Jesus was dedicated in the temple? 
Remember what Simeon said when he finally saw Jesus and Mary and Joseph? He was able to hold Jesus. He had been waiting for this moment for years. And Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword shall pierce through your own soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. He's set for the fall and the rising of many. Because he was a stumbling stone, many, some would believe, but many would reject him, and many would fall. Many would fall. In verse 9, But you, you're a chosen people. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And you know, these words... If you're a student of the Old Testament, and I hope that you are, there are a number of Old Testament passages that ascribe these same kind of phrases to the Jewish people, to God's people and in the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 9, verse 6, it says, And you shall be uh, to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, God speaking through Moses to the Jewish people, the Jewish people specifically. You shall be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. And then again in Deuteronomy, he says it again. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure. <laughs> I love that. Above all the peoples on the face of the earth. And then in Deuteronomy 14, verse 2, says this. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples of the earth. And yet here now, in Peter's epistle, remember Peter was writing to the Jews who had become Christians, and now they were scattered. That's what the whole first couple of verses in this book are all about. To the, to the scattered, to the diaspora, those who were scattered, the believers, they were Jews. They were scattered everywhere. And now he's saying to them, you're part of the church now. And guess what? Even though you were part of the the Jewish race, and God had a special plan, and still does, he's got a great plan for them. But he's also got a great plan for you, the church, the church made up of Jew and Gentile alike. In Ephesians chapter 2, when the New Testament now, Paul says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, speaking to the Gentiles, but fellow citizens, with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. We read this earlier. Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone. In Second Timothy chapter 2, it also says this. This is a faithful saying, for if we died with him, speaking of Christ, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. Do you know that you will reign with Christ for a thousand years? That's a pretty wonderful thought. A thousand years in a new body. It's, you're going to need a new body. Anybody here a thousand years old in this flesh? <laughs> going to need a new one <laughs> to last that long. In Revelation chapter 1, it says this, in verse 4, it says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, 
Here it is. To whom, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You will rule and reign with Christ. Just as he had the Jews, they were special, they were a holy people. Now you, the church, are a special and holy people. Special and holy people, a people separated, a people sanctified, a people consecrated, set apart from the world. Will you allow yourself to be separate from the world? If we live in the world, it's so easy. We, we see it uh, just getting a hold of us. And if we're not careful, we, we find ourselves delighting in those things. We start to think like the world. And then we start doing the things of the world. God wants to make you holy. You are holy in his sight, but practically speaking, we are being conformed to his image. Sanctification, that's his will for you. It's a process. It takes time. Are you, you are in that process. Are you a willing vessel on the wheel as he spins you, as he spins you, and you're that clay, and he takes in here? You see Mike Rozelle do his thing? It's amazing. He reaches down and he pulls all this gunk up and he just splats it on the ground. He reaches down and he's shaping it and he's got his arm down there and he's got his thing rolled up. Love that. It's a man's thing. <laughs> and he reaches down and he grabs more junk and throws it out. Then he mashes the whole thing and everyone's like, ah. And then he makes something even better, something more glorious. It's the way God is with us. He loves you. Verse 9 that you may proclaim, here it is, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, why? That you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called you out of something. He's still calling you out. He's called you out in in the grand scheme of things. We are seated in Christ. It's a mystery that I can't quite understand, but I know that spiritually, mystically, we are seated in the heavenlies with Christ. But I'm still stuck on this planet, (laughs) right? We're stuck on this earth. And I don't see the great things about my life, but he does. He's conforming. He's called you out of the darkness. He has but he's still calling you out of the darkness. Is there any darkness in your life today that you've been dabbling with? Anything you've been thinking about? Anything that you've been doing? Folks, the time is short. We have to be careful about what we do with our lives. We belong to him. We are the temple of the living God. Don't let yourself get discouraged. Don't let yourself, because the, the, the world and its ways are like the water dripping on sandstone. You've heard me say that before. And sandstone is very porous. And just a little more water, a little more water, and pretty soon you've got a hole in your heart. And then you wake up one day going, Lord, what happened? Where have I gone? At once my heart was on fire for you, and now I find myself barely desiring even to go to church once a week. Do you know that the churches are waning in this country? Did you know that? There's some pretty staggering reports. And by the way, I'm really glad that you folks love the Lord. You love fellowship. You're obedient to the scripture. We shouldn't forsake the assembling of ourselves. Whether it's here or in home churches, it doesn't matter. But the fact that we're all together, we're embers. We need to be together. We build a fire. It encourages us. 
But all over our country, churches that were once churches are now empty. And it's happening more and more and more. What has happened? Has God changed? Has his heart changed for you? No. That has been the one single consistent thing through it all. is his love, his grace, his mercy. But one thing that has changed is us. We've allowed our culture, we've allowed our social media to be our God. It's demanded all of our attention. Now we're consumed in it. And are we wondering why we feel washed up? Are we wondering why we feel condemned? Are we wondering why we feel so empty inside when we've forsaken the living waters? And instead of going to him, we've searched out other cisterns. Supposed to hold water, promise of something that's good, and yet it's broken, as it says in Jeremiah. Just a broken cistern. There's so many broken cisterns in our culture. Which one are you embracing today? And if you are, get rid of it. It is no help to you. God wants you to take an inventory of your life because everything is important. Every single thing, every video, every music that you listen to is gravely important to your soul. It's either going to build you up or it's going to tear you down. You have to make a decision today. What am I going to do? I'm not saying that you have to do this, but one of the things that the Lord uh, did in my heart with my wife and I, when we first got married, we lived over here in Penfield Skyline Apartments when we first got married, and I was a big Paul McCartney fan, I was a big uh, Billy Joel fan, and I had all their CDs, Journey, I had all this huge collection of music, and I can't get the songs out of my head. I walk into Wegmans and I hear them, and I'm just like, you know, I'm tapping, I'm singing, I don't even know what I'm singing anymore, but I, I know the song like more than, you know, crazy but one thing he put on her he says take all that stuff he, he, he actually just get in, invited he made the invitation he didn't say you have to do this he said Rob what are, you, what are you doing with all that I've purchased you and and one day Kathy and I sat down in our living room I probably had like two or three hundred CDs something like that we looked at him got a big garbage bag and we started breaking them <laughs> took them broke everything up took it out to the trash. I'm not saying that you have to do that. But, you know, my life at that time, that was necessary for me because he was going to call me to, you know, when Pastor Jeff was here, we were leading in worship. He says, I want you to be set apart. I want your, I want the only channel coming through me, hopefully, to be just me. I don't want these other streams diluting the stream these other putrid things, these tributaries coming into your life, Rob. I want, you to be a, I want you to be a holy vessel. He wants you to be a holy vessel. Let's do that today. You don't have to do that. Please don't go home and just, if the Lord you know, tells you to do it, you do it. But for us, that was necessary for me. But take inventory of everything. It's all important. Because remember, it's not only about you, but it's about everyone All these young people around you, your kids, if you have grandkids, they're poking around in your dressers or poking around in your closets. Hey, Dad, what's this? It's a Rod Stewart. (laughs) Have you listened to it in the last 40 years? Or no, actually, he's not that old. The last 20 years, 15 years? Why not just get rid of it? You know, think like that. It's not legalism. You do what the Lord shows you, but take your walk with him seriously. Everything you put in through your eyes, everything you put in through your ears, 
the friends that you hold to. You know, we are to be in the world, but not of the world. He says, verse 10, because God called you out of darkness, out of something and into something else, into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And he's speaking to the Jews here. It almost sounds like he's speaking to the Gentiles, but he's really speaking to this group of Jews who had been scattered. He goes, because he's speaking of, he's referring to a prophecy in Hosea. Hosea chapter 2, verse 23, it says this. Remember, Hosea, God had called him to do some really interesting things, to, to just show to the nation of Israel how far they had strayed. They had become adulterous, like an adulterous wife. And God says, I'm going to write them a bill of divorcement. I'm not done with them forever, but for now, I've got to write this for their own good. I'm done with them for a season. Still love them, but I've got to do this. Verse 23 of Hosea chapter 2 says, Then I will sow her for myself in the earth, and I will have mercy on her, Israel, who had not obtained mercy. Then I will say to those who are not my people, You are my people. And they will say, You are my God. You are my God. And this is how Peter closes this section of Scripture to us. Israel had been unfaithful to God, and he put her aside for a season, but that's not it, because he will again restore her. There is a difference between Israel and the church. Never confuse the two. The church has not replaced Israel. God has a wonderful plan for them yet in the future, because once he removes the church and the rapture of the church, made up of Jew and Gentile, he's then again going to start and deal again with the Jewish nation. The 70 week of Daniel, 70th week, he's going to deal with them, and many Jews will be saved. In the end, it says all Jews, all of Israel will be saved. They will, he will come back, they will see the hands, they'll see his wounds in his hands. They'll realize their eyes will be, un- un- the shackles and the, the scales will come off their eyes. And Peter here giving them a sneak peek, these Jewish people, even though they're a part of the church, giving them a sneak peek, this is what your countrymen are going to experience in the millennial reign of Christ. They're going to be restored. So be encouraged today. Make Jesus Christ the chief cornerstone of your life. If he is right in your life, if you put him in the right place, everything that you build around your life is going to be a blessing. It's going to be a witness. But be careful how you build, right? Isn't that what Paul said? Make sure the things that you build on are built on faith and built on the things that God wants you to build on, not my own things, my own thoughts, my own feelings. Boy, they can be detrimental. Let it be God. Let it be Jesus and only Jesus. Amen? Let's stand together. Father, we thank you. For your goodness and grace toward us, Lord, we thank you for this passage in your word, Lord, how it just challenges us, Lord, to, to, to remember, Lord, who our chief cornerstone is, Lord. Help us to put you in that rightful place in our life, Lord, the very foundation of our heart, of our life, Lord. And, Lord, you will in no way turn away him who has put his faith and his trust in you. Help us to put the foundation in place, And keep it there, Lord. And you keep it by your spirit. When we fail, Lord, when we are weak and we go off on a tangent, God, bring us back to the foundation stone, back to the cornerstone. And, Lord, you rebuild. Tear down if you must. And then rebuild again our lives, God. Help us not to resist you. 
Help us to be equal and willing vessels out of worship and love and adoration for you, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time when Pastor Rob continues our study in 1 Peter. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.